0: Hey, what's up, family? It's Coach Josh. You want to officially welcome you out to another video of mine, where we're going to be talking about six things that clouds our judgment. And this discussion, or this uh, today's teaching, will be coming from my seventh book, um, Counterfeiter Counterpart: How to Continuously Discern the Will of God for Your Life. And so, we're going to be talking from this book, which is now available on Amazon. So you can go ahead and go right now and check out. After watching this video, you're like, yo, this video was good. I like the contents that he's derived from this book that derives itself from the word of God. And you're like, yo, I like I like this book. You can go get that right now on Amazon right now. But as everyone is coming in, let me know where you're watching from, what city, what state. Say what's up to me and look forward to teaching you all this evening, sharing what I feel like God wants me to share with you all. And for those who's um, watching for the very first time, my name is Josh Weszie, also known as Coach Josh. And my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And if you watch this video like, yo, I like what this guy's spitting, I like what he's delivering, and you feel like, yo, I would like that in my life, make sure you go ahead and subscribe. I would love to have you a part of my community here online. But for those who's been rocking me for a long time, you've been watching um for years weeks months or ever however long i want to say thank you so much for watching and being a part of my community online i pray that god continues to use me to help you all but let me see who's in the chat it takes a little while sophia mitchell from charlotte thank you for watching I know you. Thank you for watching. I appreciate you. And as everyone is coming in, make sure you like the video, make sure you share, make sure you get this out to someone you feel will benefit um, uh, from what is clouding their judgment and how they can see clearly. But we got Deshaun Adams. Deshaun Adams in the building from Detroit. Thank you for watching. But let's get right into it. <clears throat> as everyone comes in, I'll make sure later on I'll come in and uh, I greet those are coming. But let's get right into the first portion of the book. Of course, you know, coach does things with acronyms. So of course I utilize the word clouds. Um six things that clouds our judgment. And um but the first point that I want to make sure I share with you all is that you understand that God is not the author of confusion. He's the author of clarity. God isn't the author of confusion. He's the author of clarity. God desires to make his will for you clear, understandable, and able to digest and move forward. God is not in the business of mystery. God's not in the business of being distant. God desires for you to know his will. But there are some things within our world system that does cloud our judgment. Now, for the first letter, we're going to get right into C. C is confusion. Let's read. The first thing that clouds our ability to judge well is comparisons. Oh, my bad. I think I put the wrong word. Comparisons is see. The, the Bible says that comparing ourselves among ourselves is not wise. It's not wise because none of us are fully aware of what is going on in another person's life. One of the worst places to eat from are social media feeds due to the temptation to compare. Many people are comparing their real life with another person's fake life. What most people post online or show offline is fabricated. When our minds are consumed with what other people are have compared, oh, oh, when when our minds are consumed with what other people have compared to what we have or don't have, it will cloud our judgment. <clears throat> Please forgive me. That word up there is not supposed to be confusion, supposed to be comparisons. The Bible says comparing ourselves amongst ourselves is not wise. Why is it not wise? Because when you're overly preoccupied in what is going on in another person's life or you're consumed with uh, on what you feel that that person is being blessed with, you overlook the blessings you do have it is never wise for us to make comparisons it's never wise for us to be so consumed with other people's uh, uh, uh doings that's why I always tell people man do not cut co- do not compare your life horizontally compare your life vertically when you compare your life horizontally my friends what happens to you is you begin to measure yourself based upon other people's levels in their life and what messes up most people when they compare is is that they look to the left or to look to the right and they see that That person is higher than them, then they plummet into low self-esteem. Or when they look to their left and they see someone beneath them, their hearts fill up with pride. That's why it's not wise um, to compare ourselves with others. It says the first thing that clouds our ability to judge well is comparisons. The Bible says that comparing ourselves among ourselves is not wise. It says that it is not wise because none of us are fully aware. None of us are fully aware of what is going on in other person's life. See, you don't know what a person is fabricating. You don't know what a person is overselling. Most people, what they advertise, they do not have in stock. That's why you can't get so caught up on stock images or fabricated images that are on people's Instagrams and, and with them overly advertising their relationships, overly advertising their businesses, overly advertising their quote unquote blessings. But all, all actuality, those blessings that they're posting are actually burdens. But it's not wise because we don't know what is fully going on in another person's life. Next point says one of the worst places to eat from are social media feeds due to the temptation to compare. Many people are comparing their real life with another person's fake life. Isn't that crazy how many people are comparing their real life, their real troubles, their real triumphs, their real testimony, their real tests with somebody else's fabricated stories? And most people are so consumed with the story plot of others that they've forgotten the person, the person who's writing their story right now. See, many people are comparing their real life with another person's fake life. What most people post online or show offline is fabricated. When our minds are consumed with what other people have compared to what we have or don't have, it will cloud our judgment. That's why you can. Compare, you got to compare your life vertically. You got to look at your life in comparison of who you was yesterday and who Christ is and what the spirit of God is trying to do in you to mold you into the image of Jesus. And when you understand that, you won't have time to look to your left or to your right. You will look to the hills from which come of your help. You'll keep your mind set on things that are above because you know that comparison is a thief of joy. Let's keep going. There's a quote that says that comparison is the thief of joy. Or in other words, comparison robs us of strength. The Bible says that the joy of the Lord is our strength. It also says that there is fullness of joy in the presence of God. When we compare, we leave our safety net of contentment to try and collect what others have. Only God and that individual know exactly how they got what they got. It's not wise to compare ourselves with others because we don't know exactly how they got what they got. And for many, they acquire what they have outside of God. Anything you obtain without God is not worth having. There is a quote that says comparison thief for joy. Or in other words, comparison robs us strength. The word of God is very clear. In his presence, there's a fullness of joy. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Contentment should be our cement. Contentment should be our, our the status or the stature of our heart. We got to make sure that we have to, uh, we got to make sure that we embrace where God has us. Because if you understood what God foresees about you, then you are resting His presence, knowing that all things work together for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Do you love God? Are you endeavoring to occupy and, uh, and apply within his purpose? If those two things are in your life, then things will work out for your good. And you got to understand that it is only God's joy that will give us strength. Do you know how much strength is required to have what you desire to have? The strength not to become prideful, the strength not to be uh, uh, falling into the depths of low self-esteem, the strength to be able to hold your tongue when tried, the strength to be able to, to pull yourself back when you feel like you want to go into pride. Like, man, it takes strength. And when you know that God is good and the joy of the Lord becomes your climate and you begin to look out and say "In this is the day the Lord has made, I will rejoice and be glad in it. And when you see other people uh, fabricating in their lives and living a fake life, you won't plummet into that pool because, you know, hey, man, I got I have what I, I have, what I need at this moment. And I trust God. Let's keep going. When we compare. We leave our safety net of contentment to try and collect what others have. How do you not know that they are strong enough to hold what they have? They look like they're able to hold it online. They look like they're able to hold it when you see them. But you do not know how many of these individuals that look well online are actually in debt offline. How many people who look well online are actually sick offline? Because it takes a certain level of maturity to hold certain things in life. If you're not able if you're not able you're not going to be stable. So if you're not able to manage it, how will you stabilize anything? Only God and that individual know exactly how they got what they got. Only God and that person know. I rather go the right route than to cut corners. And unfortunately, so many people are following other people in cutting corners, causing their character to be affected. You don't know how that person got what they got. And you're comparing an integral life with somebody else's life of lies. In, in order to be a person of integrity, things take longer, because character is what determine what, is what determines how long you can carry a thing. Do you have the internal character fortitude to be able to handle the weights of life? only God and an individual know exactly how they got what they got. It's not wise to compare ourselves with others because we don't know exactly how they got what they got. And for many, they acquired what they have outside of God. And anything you have to obtain without God is not worth having. I'm telling you, there is something about the supernatural strength of the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit, that indwells in the believer that enables them to manage. It Outside of the spirit of God, I am incapable and I am unable to fulfill my role as a husband completely. If I acquired this marriage without God and I tried to fulfill this marriage without God, my friend, family, I would not be able to. It is only through the help of the Holy Ghost. It's only through his strength that I'm able to sustain my particular position in, in, in whatever role that God has for me. But if I begin to compare my marriage to another person's marriage, then I'll be trying to use their methods to manage their, to manage mine. If I compare my ministry to somebody else's ministry, I will begin to utilize their methods to manage manage minds. There's nothing wrong with taking gems from certain places, but you have to make sure you embrace the Holy Spirit and let him lead and guide you as an individual and your individual units the way he sees fit. Anything you have to obtain without God is not worth having. Let's keep going. Comparison has a way of causing our hearts to flood with impatience, leading us to burn our energy to get what others have or to have more than what they have, tempting us to compromise and cheat to eat at the same tables. One of Satan's tactics is to use the people he has caused to compromise to get you to compromise. It's no surprise that most people who compromise get their prizes early. Satan and his system delivers on demand, not by understanding. God gives at points of understanding while Satan gives at points of demand. Let's break this down. Comparison has a way of causing our hearts to flood with impatience, leading us to burn our energy to get what others have or to have more than what they have, tempting us to compromise and cheat to eat at the same table. Let's break that down. Compromise when you begin to look to the left or the right. And you begin to look, about, look around your life and see what you don't have in comparison to what those beside you and what they do have. What then begins to happen is instead of going at the pace of God, instead of walking by the spirit, you begin to follow in fulfilling the needs of the flesh. And then what happens is you begin to become impatient. You begin to say, I want this woman now. I want uh, uh, my singleness to be over now. I want to be married now. I want to be rich now. And anything that you want outside of his process will cause you to be in distress. So what we have to understand is that when we begin to compare ourselves, it clouds our judgment of our level of maturity. It clouds our ability to judge well, whether or not if I'm well or not. Comparison has a way of causing our hearts to flood with impatience, leading us to burn our energy, our premium energy. Every night you're burning your energy online, looking at what they're doing, burning your time, burning your energy. And then when you wake the next day, you're burning your energy inappropriately um, to be able to bring things in your life prematurely. You begin to burn uh, your energy to get what others have or to have more. Now you want clout. Now you want status. Now you want to be able to rise up so that you can look uh, be, look at the people to your left and to your right beneath you so that you can feel like you somebody. It doesn't matter if you the least in a room. If God puts you in that room, you do what you need to do there. Don't get so caught up on whose uh, 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 ministry is bigger, whose business is bigger, whose marriages is, is cuter and whose wedding, whatever. Don't get caught up in those comparisons because then you will become impatient and your judgment of God's process will be clouded tempting us to compromise and cheat to eat at the same tables. Now, instead of enjoying the table that God has prepared in the presence of our enemies or waiting for that table to be presented, all of a sudden now we'll cheat and cut corners so that we can say that we're dining with certain people so that we can say that we're a part of a certain class and a certain status. And now we find ourselves a, a, a character of ourselves and not who we were created to be. Next sentence. One of Satan's tactics is to use the people he has caused to compromise to get you to compromise. See, the enemy has hired men and hired women, people who were never saved, people who don't love God. He puts these individuals in positions like pastoral positions or ministry positions or certain uh, uh, um, points and positions within Christian culture. And what he begins to utilize the individuals is to do subtle compromises that gives clearance to babes to do certain things that they are not mature enough to handle. So what these individuals do, they will put out on their Instagrams, they'll put out through their messages subtly. And people are like, well, I can't really see and tell if this is a false preacher or not because the devil operates in subtlety. And when you think that God, now when you think that Satan operates in the blatant, then you will miss what's obvious, but he operates in the subtle. And what he does is he gets key people in key positions and builds up their following over a period of time. And then what he does is he utilized that individual who was never a man of God, never a woman of God, not never a person of God to then start compromising because he understands the power of imagery. He understands that most people grew up in dysfunctional homes. And if I can use key people to fulfill those roles of mother and father to individual, then they will begin to mimic the images that are portrayed throughout Christendom. And when those images have been portrayed throughout Christendom and it's being masqueraded before the masses, what then happens is the babes and non-converts are now compromising, thinking they're rising, but they're falling. And this happens all the time. And that's What happens with comparison? Now, I I used to be tempted by that. I thought I had to buy the lights. I had a smoke machine. I had the lights down. I had the DJ. I had the artist. I had even had Jackie Hill perform at an event. I was trying to bring all these people because I thought if I have these different things, then then my ministry will succeed. But then when God humbled me and said, Son, I want you to just get a hardwood tables and bring my word and see what happens to your ministry, it began to subtract it began to um, get smaller because whatever you use to get them is what you must use to keep them. And that's the effects of compromise. People are not necessarily compromising to the depths of hell, but some people are compromising in subtlety that's causing other people to say, hey, that's OK to do. And I guess that's all right. And since we are afraid to correct each other, and since we are afraid um, um, to, to, to rebuke each other in love and to, and to correct each other in love, now we're giving, we pacifying these babes and they stay at that level. He knows how to cause people to compromise, listen to certain songs, watching certain shows, saying this is OK. Certain things was never OK and certain things are in, unredeemable. And if we're not wise and we're in places of comparison, we'll find ourselves compromised. It's no surprise that most people who compromise get their prizes early. I know it affects many of us. We're like, God, why did she get married? Why did he get her girl? Why did she get her man? Why did they get these things so quick? They just met each other. We saw the timeline on Instagram they just met They married. But you have to understand, people who, are, who have no contentment, people who don't endeavor to have character, they will set themselves up to compromise and they will get their prizes early. Satan in the system delivers on demand, not by understanding. God gives at points of understanding, while Satan gives at points of demand. All he wants is saying, wants you to feel like you demand. If you feel like you demand and you have demands, he'll put those things in your hand prematurely. And what happens when you have those things prematurely, then compromise increases. And then that thing that you have, that, 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 that compromise, that thing that you got in compromise, and then you realize in time that you don't have the character to sustain it, that thing destroys you. Satan gives that delivers on demand. Hey, you want it on demand. We'll give it to you right now cuz we know you're not the man or the woman you need to be to be able to manage this thing. But God gives at points of understanding. Maturity. Do you understand uh, the words that's coming out of? Do you understand what the words that I writ wrote in my word? Do you understand what it means to be a husband? Do you fully understand what it means to be a wife? Do you fully understand what it means to be content in singleness? Do you fully understand what it means to be a steward over money and things like that? Do you fully understand Then once that understanding has been proven over time, it's not about getting understanding. It's about uh, proving you understand. And God is looking to see, not looking to gain knowledge, but he's allowing the process to inform you that, yo, God, I'm so glad you didn't give me that thing premature. Let's keep going. Satan knows the power of compromise. See, compromise robs you of character. It gives out once you give in right? It gives out once you give in and uses what you gave into as blackmail and tools of condemnation. Satan knows the power of compromise. See, compromise robs you of character. It robs you of the opportunity of developing Christ-like character because now you want the characters of the people beside you. And so he understands that that compromise robs you of the character development you need to be able to sustain what you desire. It gives out once you give in and uses what you gave into as blackmail. See, some people, they compromise and the enemy will use good men and good women, people who genuinely desire to do God's will. And he knows, hey, I'm going to give him this big ministry. I'm going to give her this big opportunity. And he knows that their hearts are not ready for it. And then he surrounds those individuals within that atmosphere with things that are tempting them to compromise. You don't got to do your taxes like this. Oh, it's okay to to talk to her a little bit long. You have no structures and no balances, no checks and balances. And when you begin to step on a platform and you haven't fully understood the checks and balances and the responsibilities, and the accountability that's required for you to succeed there for a long period of time, you would then give in. And then all of a sudden, once you have given in, now there's been a lot of preachers that gave in. And now through blackmail, because they got videotape of them cheating on their wives, they got dirt on them. Now they have to compromise because now they blackmailed or other people who are not in leadership positions are now set up to be condemned. Now the enemy, the one that tempts you into carrying what you was not uh, didn't have the character to carry, carry now you fall into condemnation because you're realizing you wasn't able to sustain. Let's keep going. The same one that tempts you into compromise is the same one that condemns you for compromising. This tactic works on many and is contagious. He knows that most people are not mature enough to understand contentment and it's protection. Contentment brings protection. I trust God. God is my joy. Not not too many things can impress me because God's impressed in me. God is my joy. Like I'm not easily moved because God is my awe. God is amazing to me. God is sufficient for me. I may not like where I am but I trust that he is where I am and helping me to be the person I need to be to sustain anything I desire to have. That's the effects of contentment. It protects you. Contentment says, I trust that God has me here for a reason. I've been proven to be a good steward. I've been proven uh, uh, um, to stay sufficient. I've been, I've been in this thing or oh, my wife said, yeah, but my wife said, it's so good. God is my all my baby. My baby's helping me out. Preach right now. See what you have to understand is that when God is your all, Everything else you lose their 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 aweness. you see what I'm saying, and that's important because that's your protection. You can't be bought, you can't be budged, you can't be pulled, you can't be lured. Contentment it, it becomes your protection. So he hits people at their most immature point and gets them to compare and compromise early, so that they will be surrounded by too many consequences to effectively pursue their purpose. That's what he does. He says, "I'm gonna catch you at 16. I'm gonna catch you at 17. I'm gonna catch you at 22." He knows that I'm gonna catch. I'm gonna try to get you to compromise at your earliest point. Utilize your emotional wounds as 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 a tool to bring you into a place of anger and vengeance. And I gotta prove you wrong and prove me right that you begin to compromise. And you begin to compare your life and compromise early so that you will be surrounded with too many consequences. He knows a person who is susceptible to compromise is not wise enough to make choices. But the enemy knows that every choice comes with a consequence, whether good or bad. So what he does is he tries to hit you at your most immature point because he knows that immature people are going to do immature things. And then he knows that after three or four years wasting time, wasting life with these different things, then you're going to wake up to understanding and you're going to have three or four kids looking at you with no fathers. You're going to be looking around with baby mama drama. You're going to be looking around with STD. You're going to be looking around with debt. You're going to be looking around with all the consequences, looking at you, saying you are the reason. And that's why we have to do our part. That, and thank God God redeems the time. Thank God that we can repent. Thank God that we can come into understanding. Thank God that whatever the canker worm was trying to take, whatever was checking, God can redeem it. So I'm not sitting there saying that uh, it's over for you. But what I am saying is you got to learn to make wiser decisions. And the best way is not to compare yourself to others. So he hits people at their most immature point and gets them to compare and compromise early so that they will be surrounded by too many consequences to effectively pursue their purpose. Let's keep going. I might not be able to finish this. I really might not be able to finish this. Let's keep going. If they try to do so, it will be challenging. If they try yeah, real talk. Anyone can um see when they got all these consequences, he knows Uh, If they try to do so, it'll be challenging, but God can help you endure any challenge. But this got to be a wake up call for many, for all of us to say, hey, we got to make sure we're not compromising. I got to make sure that I'm not out here uh, on comparing my life to others. The hardest people to tempt, hear me, are those who are content in God. Those are the hardest people to tempt because they already seen the greatness of God. Contentment doesn't mean complacent. It means commitment. So people sometimes think when they think of contentment, they think complacent Oh, or culture. Are you telling me that I can't do nothing? No. Contentment means, hey, I'm going to continue to do what God told me to do here. (laughs) I'm going to continue to do what I know to do here. Not every place that God has you are going to like. But if you are in love with him, you'll find a way to like that place because, you know, that place is preparing you to be the person you need for the platforms you'll stand on. The hardest people to tempt are those who are content in God. Contentment doesn't mean complacent. It means commitment. I'm committed to God. And wherever he leads me, I'm okay. Wherever he takes me, I'm okay. That's why Paul said, I know how to be abased a and I know how to be abound. For me, I know what it's like to sleep on floors. I know it's like to sleep in king-size pillow pillow mattresses, California, California king um, with the pillow tops. So no matter what happens in life, I can sleep good on a hardwood floor. If it comes to that, or if life is great, which it is, I can sleep on a pillow top, kind of king size. Sleep good. C- coach slept on air mattresses in my first town home before I got married to my wife. Slept my wife can tell you right now. Slept on a, a blue air mattress. <laughs> so coach know how to be a base. Coach know how to be a bounce, fam. You're not always going to like where you are, but you will always love the one you are there with. Most of the places we hate are hiding places. This is from the book. Please understand. Most of the places we hate or may not like are actually hiding places designed to protect us while we are being made, made into the person that's able to sustain the place you hate right now that you know God has you at, I'm telling you, that's the place that God's going to use you at. God's going to maneuver, build you at and strengthen you. Let's keep going. Most of the places we hate are hiding places designed to protect us while we are being made. They are warehouses where God is doing work on us. They are warehouses where God is doing work on us. When people have this perspective, they trust wherever God has them because they are committed to the overall cause. See, we care about our causes, but not the overall cause of God. God can care less about the, don't get me wrong. God don't mind us doing well and enjoying the earth he's created, not the world, but the earth he creates. But what's the overall cause? The overall cause is the commission of the gospel. It's sharing the gospel through our lives, being living and walking epistles that people can grow from. That's the goal. When people have this perspective, they trust wherever God has them because they are committed to the overall cause. Do you know the overall cause that God has for you? If not, compromises, compromising is, is inevitable. Let's keep going. There is nothing wrong with aspirations and wanting to be somewhere better. Please understand that. <clears throat> There's nothing wrong with that. But you must want to be with God more than the place you want to get to. Do you love in your singleness where God is, or do you want to hurry and get married? You gotta love where God has you more. You gotta love God more than the place you desire to be. If not, you're gonna leave where he has you, and then you'll leave that that, that breach of protection, and you'll go out there like the prodigal son, and you'll be surrounded by consequences, begging God to help you. Trust me, where you are now with God is better than the place you aspire to be without him. It is better to be in a shack where God is than to be shacking up in a mansion where he is. (laughs) It is better to be in a shack where God is than in a mansion shacking up where he isn't. I'm telling you, wherever God has you will always be better than where you desire to be. That doesn't mean God is not going to take you to greater things. It doesn't mean that God is not going to allow you to enjoy life. But you have to enjoy the life giver. I'm not going to get to the other five points. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll stick with, I'll change the title of this message um, because that's 30 minutes. And I had L-O-U-D-S. I have five more things, (laughs) but I guess the Lord wanted us to talk about comparison. Comparison is going to rob you of the joy you need to be sustained to do whatever you desire to do. Coach loves you. Hope this message was powerful. Hope you got something from it. Um, this uh, this first point <laughs> came from my book, Counterfeit or Counterpart. Uh, uh, there's an activity in there as well. All these points that I'm going to share, I'll probably talk about ale, which is lust next week. I'll talk about lust next week and uh, break those points down. But This book is now available on Amazon. There's other books that'll be good for those singles out there. The Purpose of Singleness is another good book that I think will be a blessing to you all. That's also available on my website uh, or on Amazon. Also, Dating Prep. It's a great book as well, learning how to date yourself, date God so that you can be dateable and date the love of your life forever. All those uh, books and card games. um, Dating Prep has a card game as well as on my website, imunplugged.com. You can also give there. You can also learn about our mentoring programs. You can learn about... All the different things that we're doing with our our ministry here, my wife and I, and all your uh, support, whether it's liking, sharing, commenting helps this channel grow. It helps uh, uh, what what God is doing through me grow, as well as what you give and to support what we do helps us create more materials because, man, 2021. God has placed on my heart, gave me the release to create some more product. I'm excited to get new books, new card games out to you all to help you grow holistically for God's optimum use and to help you make sense of your life. I love y'all. Let me see. Got some people comment. I just want to see. Have a good one. Oh, y'all talking to my wife. Have a good one, Miss Ezzy. Thank you so much. God bless you, Williams. Sugar Mama, thank you. My wife give me flames. Uh, give me that fire. Uh, yes, that's Proverbs. God gets the glory. Uh, I'm content. I'm so content with God, got sick and tired of doing things my way. I'm telling you, you get when you you when you get tired of being sick, you'll go to the healer. This is great teaching. God gets the glory. Thank you, God, for your forgiveness. God is so good. Listen, God wants to help us all, man. And 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 I chewed this before I gave it to you. You see what I'm saying? Um, but let's not compare ourselves with other people. We don't know how these people got what they got. And most of us, if we don't really, you really don't want to want to have what they have because what comes with having what they have. You're so welcome. Thank you for the insight. God gets the glory. I love y'all. Uh, share, comment, like, subscribe. Go to the website, iamunplug.com for more. i see y'all next time, probably tomorrow. Tomorrow, I'll probably be talking about, who knows? I'll check with the Holy Spirit and we'll see if I have something to share tomorrow. I love y'all. Y'all be blessed. Peace.